Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I am super excited about this show today. We have a returning guest from episode 94 who, honestly, when I had him on my show, I had never even really talked to him much or met him. We were connected through a mutual acquaintance and Justin was just coming out with a book. And I've since been able to spend a lot of time with him and just watch what he does. And honestly, and I'm not just saying this, Justin, what I've seen you do and the way that you approach life and teaching and giving back and the way that you've assembled everything. I mean, honestly, like of the people that I watch, um, I would say you're probably in the top five that I'm watching right now. And so uh, I'm just super excited to have you back on the show. You came and spoke to our couples mastermind, which I still get conversations and comments around that and the things that you said to them and just changed their life. And you're just such a giving person. And anybody that listens to my show knows that one of my favorite quotes is the Zig Ziglar quote, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. And Justin, I mean, you you exemplify that. Like you are one of the thought leaders in that area. And so I appreciate you coming back on. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind intro. And I, I just have to say, I, I think you're doing amazing things in the world. And I'm blown away by all the cool stuff you're creating, not just on the show, but with the couples that I met at your event. And I know there are many others from many other events that I didn't get a chance to meet, but uh, you're doing some special things. And I just felt uh, an honor, a privilege, uh, just so uh, indebted to you for even having the opportunity to serve your network of people. So that was fun for me. And I'm glad that uh, we were able to deliver some content that was different than maybe what they had experienced before. Yeah, it was super good. And they were blown away. And just your whole mission and and method and and just conversation around lifestyle investing. Again, I've had multiple conversations with them since then. And it just really, it, it really sticks. So again, you were on episode 94. So we're not going to go into all four questions, but I'm gonna let you pick one question that you want to re-answer. Well, your questions are fun. I, I mean, I love all of those questions. It would be interesting uh, with with people over time to see how their answers change as they grow and evolve and as they reinvent themselves. You know, for me, I, I go back to probably the question that I get most frequently, which is, hey, how do I like, how did you have the success that you're having? And where do I start? So it's kind of like, you know, I don't, I, I kind of like, I aspire to have this lifestyle that you talk about, but here's where I am today. And how do I get to, you know, where you are? And I think for most people, they look at it like they have to make this massive leap and this one move and all of a sudden they're set for life and it just doesn't work that way. Uh, I think that there needs to be some patience and some planning around it but I think you get there faster when you have a tribe of people or at least a peer group of people that you can do it with, that you can bounce questions off of, that you can mimic. You know, I think a lot of the success that I've had has been 
truly just that I'm a copycat. And I think, you know, if you said, Hey, Justin, what are what's one of the best things that, you know, you've discovered or that you're great at? um, I actually wouldn't even say it's investing, I would actually say that it's that I figured out how to network with Mm -hmm. people that I want to be in relationship with. And when someone has something that I think is admirable, I'm the world's best copycat. So a lot of my stuff, it's not even my own stuff. It's that I, I witness what people do. I take their playbook with permission and I run the playbook. It's, it's a blueprint for success and I just copy it. And only once I understand it, do I innovate and try to make it better or make it fit me better or my situation better because I've got a proven strategy. So if I just follow it, I'm probably going to be I don't know, 70% as good as someone who's been doing it for a long time, maybe 60%, maybe 80%, but better than where I am. And I think the quality of my peer group, and when I say quality, I don't mean quality as a human being. I think all human beings are equal, but from the quality standpoint of achieving a certain thing in life that you want, you know, if if it's physical fitness, it's hanging around a lot of fit people that have uh, a track record that leave, you know, a, a you know, breadcrumbs is a trail to their success. And for investing, it's that same thing. It's finding the people that have had success in investing and and just be exposed to them, spend time with them, ask them questions, take them out to eat, take them out to coffee, uh, just get one-on-one time or group time. And I think the more that we can level up that peer group, uh, and, and this includes, by the way, mentors, coaches, but anyone who can be someone that we can learn from and someone that can have an impact on our mindset. That's really what I think we're looking for. Who can help just, you know, make a smidge of a degree right now today that, you know, 10 years from now ends up being massive. You know, it's like a a boat, you know, if a boat is changing course by a, you know, one degree, it's very small in that moment. But over time, over the course of the sea from one continent to the next, it's a massive difference. And so if we can surround ourselves with people that are playing the game of life at a higher level, the game of business, the game of finances, saving, investing, planning, whatever it is, if we can find those people that play the game at a higher level than us, and then just get time with them, ask questions, copy them, that's how you do it. And it's done one step at a time. You know, at the end of my podcast, every single week. The one thing that I end every episode with is a simple question, which is what's the one step you are taking today that's going to put you on a path for financial freedom, a path that is by design, not by default, a path that's on your terms. And so it's just finding that one step, that one way we can get better, that one person we can connect with every day. I okay so if you're listening to this just stop the episode rewind and listen to that all again because you know the whole reason why I came up with the four questions Justin is because I never wanted to be in a situation with a guest where I didn't have something to come back to if we weren't having you know flow or a great conversation or whatever and I just took like 37 notes from what you just said in that one answer and it's so profound because I think there, there's a few things that I want to touch on. Again, you're one of the most gracious and generous people in the world. And I think a lot of times people have this belief that, you know, people like you that have, you know, had some success in life and, and they're, they're, they're owning their freedom and their time that 
I think there's this limiting belief that, you know, maybe they're not generous or maybe they wouldn't want to help me or maybe they're, you know, looking for, it's all these negative thought processes. And I found just the exact opposite. And one of the things, there's really two, I guess, dissections in my life where uh, one was understanding that, again, you're the average of the, you know, five people you spend the most time with, but I didn't really understand that until I started getting in rooms and mentoring programs like you have and run and getting around better people. And the minute that I joined GoBundance, which is how I uh, got to Front Row Dads and ultimately met you, get in those rooms like that and you find out that people are so generous. They're, humans are generally good. And so, you know, one thing that you touched on that I really want to address, there's a scripture that I love. It's Ecclesiastes. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. And when you're talking about copying, I think so many people have this idea that, you know, well, why would anybody listen to me? Or, you know, this has already been done 15 times. Or, you know, why should I, you know, Tony Robbins said everything that there is to be said already, that kind of thinking. And it's just not true. And I love that you gave people permission to become a copycat and start at 50% or 60% or 70% and just get better. Because the reality is you could have five different people saying the exact same thing and 25 people are going to learn from them in different ways. And so I love that freedom and just permission that you gave people. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I think for a lot of people, they're looking for ways to get ahead, but there's this subconscious self-sabotage that exists depending on what their beliefs around money are. Mm. And I've seen it firsthand. Uh, it It's not true. It's just someone's reality until they change their mindset. Because if if you're looking at it as, you know, like, people with money are evil. That's, that's just a very limited mindset. It's, it's a scarce way of looking at the world or looking at wealthy people. I believe money is a magnifier. And if you entrust people to money, you're going to see their real motives and tendencies shine for better or for worse. I think you see both sides. So if you take a good hearted person and you give them money, uh, I think that they're going to do their best to be a good steward of that money. I think that if you do that with someone that has bad intentions, then you're going to see those intentions shine through. And I, I don't think money is the cause of it. I think where people place and hold money uh, is really the, you know, that that's the the tripping point, if you will, you know, is money more important to you than relationships? If that's the case, then you're probably going to have a lot of issues with relationships, because you're going to make decisions based on money over people, you know, flip flop that if you have relationships as as the top of the hierarchy, or your faith, or, you know, your family, the things that are are much more important then money can be put in place and it can be a tool for good. I love it. What, just for you personally, I know you teach on a lot of this in your you know, courses in the book and everything else, but what are like the top two or three you know, values or pillars or whatever that, that, that lead you in life? Well, for me, you know, first and foremost, it's my faith. You know, I, I was born uh, into a Christian household. My parents have a very strong faith and I feel blessed that they have really mentored me in what I would consider an amazing way. I, I hope that I can pay that forward to my daughter because I'm still impressed by them every day. Um, from there, it's really my family and making sure that I'm uh, showing up as I need to as a husband and as a father. But for, for the way I believe, it's husband first, father second, even though both are really important. But I need to model marriage 
very well for my daughter. And she needs to see me putting my wife first and loving my wife. And, and the love for each of them is different. And I can explain that. And early on, when she doesn't understand it, I probably don't want to explain that. But I, I really want my actions to show that uh, I'm, I'm really doing everything I can to support and love and adore my wife. Uh, and then third, for me, it's, it's really the rest of the relationships that are very close to me that are maybe not family but they're close like family. So maybe it's not blood related, but uh, it's someone that I, you know, what I always say is I want to find people that I want to do life with and I want to invest in them. I want to invest in the relationship. I'm very calculated in who I spend time with. And yeah, I think we've talked about this, but I, I have this annual planning uh, that I do. It's a family planning meeting, a marriage uh, planning. And one of the components of that is planning out the different trips that we're going to do first and foremost with the family, but secondly, with, with those that are kind of in our inner circle so that we're intentionally connecting, that we're getting face-to-face -face time. Uh, and then, you know, inside of that, I think personal health is really important at this point in my life. It's that's more on autopilot. Like the default in my life is I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do things that uh, work me out mentally and uh, physically and intellectually. I, I don't, worry is that going to happen uh so that one just kind of gets incorporated in but i feel like if we're not feeding ourselves then we're not showing up the best as we can for our families for our friends but that's kind of the hierarchy as i see it and then after that is business and you know anything in the realm of work i i love and you can see that you can see that in everything that you do i mean even when you were just that little intro you did with the um you know with the one question everything came back to connection and and people and love and family. And so I, I was curious, I had actually wrote down, you know, what are the top reasons or limiting beliefs you find? Or I don't even need to ask the question because you just, you just keep nailing it. But I love, I love the emphasis that you put on, you know, just your faith and the relationship piece and the connection. And it took me a while to figure this out. I remember when I first started my first business, I was 24 years old. We grew, I mean, super, super fast, got like within a few years, you know, we're pushing 100 employees. And I was so overwhelmed, like frustrated, um, inexperienced. But the thing, the thing that saved me during that time was, like you said, I found a coach, I found mentors, I found a consulting company that helped keep me off the ledge. And the reason why I'm saying all this, there's a, there's a phrase that I thought about a little bit ago when you were talking. You know, a lot of people think that there's that phrase, it's lonely at the top. And I used to think that. But it was because I was surrounded by people that I didn't understand or they didn't understand me. And the thing that I've realized the last few years, and I love the intention that you were talking about, like mapping out not only the trips you're going to take with your family, but your inner circle. I don't think it's, I don't think it has to be lonely at the top. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think if you're running life on default, it likely is lonely at the top. If you're putting intentionality in and carving out time to really plan life so that it doesn't just happen to you, but that you happen to life, that you're creating life on your terms and you're paving a way for what it is that's going to inspire you and uh, fulfill you. I think that is when you're going to experience that it's not lonely at the top because you're bringing other people with you. And even if it's not specifically someone, I mean, I do think you want people at, you know, at, at the peak of their game and whatever the thing is that you hold uh, at the top that you hold super valuable. 
But even if you're running with someone that maybe isn't uh, as savvy of an investor or entrepreneur as you are, but uh, in terms of depth of relationship or spirituality or physical fitness, they, they can meet one of those needs, one of those important things. So it's not like you have to, you know, if you're a business person that you can only hang out with these really successful business people. But I can tell you when I hang out with really successful business people, I'm inspired. I'm intrigued. I get curious. I ask a lot of questions. I always leave with some sort of like, aha, or mindset shift, or I mean, wow, did, do I understand this right? Did, did he say he's doing it like this? Because I'm all the way over here on, you know, a 180. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like my game has changed the way I look at life, the way I look at business, the way I look at uh, scaling, investing relationships, it, it is better, because I have mentors, coaches, people with expertise in these different arenas that can teach me and mold me and empower me uh, to, you know, really up my game. It's so good. And I love how you bring in the diversity there. Because, you know, when you came and spoke, we kind of alluded to this, but Karen, and I have a couples mastermind. And there, I think a lot of times people put a real emphasis on their business education, you know, their degree or their coaching in their business or whatever. And I love how you just kind of bring life, like all the life into it, because I, I just, I can't even, I can't even say how many people have put, you know, Karen and I were fortunate because we realized this early. And I think a lot of it was because I didn't have a dad around and I came from a broken family. Um, and that's a great example too. Like there is no, you can, you can be an amazing human coming from a complete family. You can be amazing human coming from a broken family. Everybody has trauma. Everybody has issues. Nobody's ranks higher than anybody else. But I think it's just finding that balance in life. And so many people put so much emphasis into their career and not these other areas. And that's what I really love about your book, um, The Lifestyle Investor. I, I alluded to this, but when I had you on last time, your book was just launching. And I mentioned this off camera, but I've had the privilege of spending some time with you and getting to know you, but also your name comes up so often in conversation. And it's because I believe, and I think there's a point to be taken in this, it's because of your, your I, don't, I don't know what you call it, but you know, some people call it like Rock Thomas, he always called it being a whole life millionaire. Um, it's you know, your, your 10 pillars or whatever it is. I think it's because of that. Because if you were just talking about investing, we haven't even gotten into investing yet. And I don't think that it really matters because when you keep your circle tight and you keep your focus right, everything else tends to line up. And so again, you were just launching your book. That was, I don't know, probably a year, maybe. When, when did you launch your book? Yeah, it was a, about a year and a half ago, a little less than a year and a half ago. Well, let's, let's talk about it a little bit because I would love to hear, number one, a little bit about the book. We talked about it a lot back then. And by the way, everybody should go get his book. You can get it free on his website. I'll let him address that. But I'd like to know what you've learned through this process too, because I know, I don't know if you were expecting it to go this way, but it's been, it's been huge. It's been amazing. And everybody loves and knows Justin Donald now. I love it. Well, not everybody, because I'm sure you're going to get a couple of followers, but. <laughs> well, I appreciate the kind words. You know, I, I had no expectations. I mean, I didn't know if the market was going to value what it is that I care about or that I think is important. Uh, I just think we live in this world where too much emphasis is put on status, 
and moving up the corporate ladder and working hard at the expense of what you can do today for what you can have tomorrow or maximizing the amount of money that you can earn, even if it's at the expense of time. And so for me, I just wanted to get this message out that it doesn't have to be that way, that you don't have to be a slave to your business, to the job that you have, to your boss, to security and comfort um, or structure, whatever it is. Like we're all a slave to something in some way. And some people, they're a slave to the lifestyle that they've become accustomed to live. Uh, and it's hard for them to shift what that looks like. It's hard for them to leave a job or a position or a business where it supports what it is they want to do, even if it's at the expense of time, even if it's at the expense of like time that they could spend with family or not able to put the boundaries around it where the value of making an extra dollar is more important than the time that you can spend with the most important people in life. And I share this not really at all from a place of judgment because this was me. You know, I, I lived this life. I have been an entrepreneur who started a business, who worked crazy hours and sacrificed time with friends and family. And I think there are seasons for it, but long term, I didn't want it. And I just learned that there are better ways. You know, if you're running a business, a lot of the time it it's on you and if you are removed, then things fall apart. Or maybe you can be removed for a week or two weeks or a month. But most people can't be removed for a year mm. or two years or five years. And so to a certain degree, that business relies on you, on your time. Um, and that trade-off has to work. Some people love what they do, uh, but maybe they don't love the hours. Some people don't love what they do, but they're, you know, accustomed to what it brings, or it's, it's safe, it's understood. Uh, I just think that if people understood that there was a way that you could buy assets that produce income to cover the cost of your living, that it opens up these doors for doing things different, you know, even for entrepreneurs that feel like they're stuck in their business, where they tried to escape corporate America, start a company for freedom, maybe for a better opportunity, but then they become trapped by that business where uh, they really are on call or on demand for everyone, the vendors, the clients, the, you know, the, the, the employees, the independent contractors. And so there's a way certainly that you can scale a business with systems and, and people and software. And I think that's a great step. But I also think ultimately, it's great when you can get out of the spending of time, put a staff in to run a business or you know, get to a point where you don't have to have a job and then you can spend your time as you want. And I think when that happens, people make different decisions. People even make different decisions in their business. If all, if, if every dollar of life and business was covered by passive income, I guarantee people would make different decisions in their business. They'd work differently. They'd work less. They'd put in a C-suite to run operations and uh, they, they take chances on maybe uh, you know, some things that, that may not work out, but it's okay because they don't need the money from that business. And so I just go back to this point of, I want to help people recognize that time is the most valuable treasure that you want to become a time billionaire, right? That, that's more important than the dollars that you make, because when you own your time, you own your life. And that's my goal is to really teach people that that's what the lifestyle investor is about. It's about owning your time. It's about 
directing your talents and your passions in a way that serves the world, in a way that fills you up, but makes the greatest impact and difference uh, in your community, in the world, in your circle of influence. I love, I love, love, love it. And you had alluded earlier to, you know, our default and we all have defaults. Um, and in fact, every time we've gone to a new level or leverage something new in life, an idea, people, talent, whatever it is, it was because somebody ripped us out of our default. And I love what you were just saying, because it comes back to that, that connection. And I was thinking about, I'm not in your mastermind. I, I, I will be, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm in this zone right now where I'm like really focused on where I spend my time, which is what you're really talking about. I like, I completely cleared my plate when we moved to Austin and I really put my head down because I'm, I'm transitioning and I've got some big things that I want to finish up and close up and then move on. But I think we have to understand those seasons that you're talking about and also be aware of our default. And the reason why I was saying all this is like when I've gotten into rooms, you know, like front row dads or like your mastermind, it's not even just, and I don't think people understand this until they really, it rips you out of your default. And it's not just what Justin's teaching in the lifestyle investor mastermind it's that level of people that are in there you i've learned so much from just sitting obviously you know hearing from your guests like don winner and the people that speak but then also sitting there and having a conversation at lunch with somebody who just went through a year ago my exact problem and they didn't even know it and they're basically giving me the roadmap that ripped me out of my default and so i love i think so many people miss this and that's what I love about the book, number one, but the community that you're building and just the idea, because there's probably people listening or, you know, we, whether it's on Instagram or podcast or whatever that feel like, okay, that's great for Justin. That's great for Mike, but there's no way I can leave my business. There's no way I could, I can't afford to put people in place. And it, it's just a mindset issue. It's just shifting that and then adjusting. And so I really appreciate it. What are a few of the limiting beliefs specifically that you've seen really rise up? in the last year and a half, two years that you've been doing? I mean, you've been doing it longer, but really like since you've pulled this community together. You know, I mean, part of it is like the default, like you're talking about that some people just don't even recognize that they're in this default pattern. And we have to be careful because as a society, I think we're rewarded based on like money and success and notoriety and titles. And and so even when you have enough, it's very easy to stay in that pattern of getting reward. You know you're going to get rewarded if you work harder or if you um, make more money. And, and it's like this pattern that I think is very unhealthy where you see a lot of people who don't need to be working as hard as they're working, but they do because they're conditioned mm -hmm. to earn more. Whatever they have is not enough because more is better. And if you look back at, you know, the start of your life where, where, you know, your start of your professional life where you maybe you said, hey, I've made it when I have made six figures or I've made it when I have saved seven figures or eight figures or whatever the number is, whenever you achieve it, you're going to recognize really fast that that it's almost like, OK, well, that was cool. What's next? And I think we've got to be really careful to not just pursue it because we can, but be intentional about what we want to pursue and why we want to pursue it. So I think that's one of the big pitfalls that I see with people or this limiting belief of like that they just 
see a way that their predecessor did it. They see a way that the top person did it. They see this opportunity to earn more money and they're willing to put in whatever the hours to do that. But I don't know that that, that what society deems um, as, you know, just so amazing is what's best for us or our families. Like instead of earning at a certain point, you have enough money. It's not going to change your lifestyle. We could argue the dollar amounts, but at a certain point, you got enough. So does that extra time making more money, is that like a better return on time than investing it in your kids, in your spouse, in your closest friends, in finding other people that are strong in an area and a peer group that can help you rise up in that area that you need? That that's something to think about. That's that to me is the real food for thought is where are you on autopilot? Where are you following the norms of society? And when should you create your own rules and recognize your own values, your family values, your personal values and say, hey, I don't want to get caught in this rat race. I just got out of it. I don't want to like trap myself into a bigger rat race. Most people do that. They think they got out of the rat race or they have enough to get out. And then they build this bigger, nicer cage yeah. and hamster wheel. And they don't even realize that that's what they've done. Yeah. Most but entrepreneurs these, do that. But I have all these tubes and tunnels and everything I can run around in. It's, right. You know, I've had this conversation with so many, Ken McElroy and I've talked about this several times. You know, you know, people that have, well, first off, I said this, I sold my business in 2014 and I've often said it was the best and worst day of my life because that was my, that was like my end game. And I'm 34 years old and I'm like, okay, now what? Right. And so like this whole idea of, of retirement, I mean, and this goes both ways. Retirement at 65 is not, I mean, that's not ideal to me, but also retirement at 34 wasn't ideal to me either. Cause I needed a purpose and a mission and a passion. And um, so I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's two sides to this conversation, which I think is what you're really um, saying with all of that. And the, the conversation that Ken and I have had is, you know, he knows people, I know a couple, but he knows a lot of people that have had eight figure, nine figure, 10 figure exits. And it doesn't change anything. It doesn't make them any happier. Half the time it makes them less happy. And, and so I love, I love that perspective and bringing it into it. Have you ever read the book, Thou Shalt Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin? I don't think I have. It sounds familiar. I feel like it's, it's been recommended to me. It might even be in my Goodreads, but I don't actually think I've read it. My father-in-law bought this for all the son-in-laws years ago for Christmas. And it's just a great book. And he talks about in there how we were never intended to retire as we think about retiring in society nowadays that, you know, we're, we're, we're designed to be a functioning part of society and a member of our community. And you keep coming back to connection and value. And that's the, that's the thing that I think is important in all of this, because you know, some people are going to spend their whole life in one business. And I understand that that's not for me. But I also realized that, you know, the start and the exit are not these like, I had to figure out how to not make those highs and lows. Because like you were saying, I mean, it's just, it, it isn't a beginning and an end. It's, it's life, right? And it's not really about the next exit or the next investment, or the next startup or anything else. It's just life. Yeah, you know, retirement is this man made thing, you know, at a certain point in time, this was created to give people this excuse to work hard while they're younger. And, uh, you know, if you find something that you love doing and you can figure out a timeline, an amount of time 
over a long period of time that you can keep doing it. I think that's really that's the sweet spot. You know, I, I hear people all the time. And remember, my community are people that had eight, nine, 10 figure exits like this is the world I live in. And I can assure you for anyone that thinks that that's the key, like you, you work so hard to get that. I can assure you that's not what you're looking for, because there's not a person that I have met that not a person I've interviewed, not a person that I've come across. And, and I'm telling you, we have countless people uh, in that uh, range of wealth in my mastermind, in my community. And every single one of them, and, if, and even on my podcast, you can check it out. Every one of them will tell you that it was really cool getting that lump sum of money. And then after whatever period of time it was for them, maybe it was a day, maybe it was a week, maybe it was a month. At some period of time, shortly after, not a long time after, shortly after, the whole thing is, okay, what's next? I got some extra digits in my bank account. All right. And then a lot of these people start feeling lonely because they lost their purpose because their purpose, their identity was tied to a business. Their identity was tied to a dollar amount. Their identity was tied to you know, an end point as opposed to who you're becoming along the way and what this looks like over the whole course of life, not just a certain inflection point in life or in business. But I can assure you that whatever dollar amount it is, that's not going to get you there. Now, money can solve problems and having enough of it can make life easier, but it will not give you purpose. And in many cases, it will be the opposite because it will be you'll think that it's going to do something that it really will do the opposite of doing. And if you put that much trust and faith into having that much money, you're going to be really let down. It's so good. And I love, I'm just thinking about, you know, your community again, just go abundance front row dads type community. There's a lot of masterminds out there, but that's, that's what I just really, as I'm listening to you, that's what I love about these types of communities, because when I go into like a, an EO or, you know, a specific like business focused community. That's where I can feel like the comparison and the, you know, that's not what we want. And so being well-rounded, that's what I love about what you're building and these communities like this, because it's not just about business and it's okay if I exit my business and I need to take a year and I don't know who I, that's why I had such a hard time. Cause I was like Mike, the plumber, like I, you know, we had blown up and I had, like I said, a hundred employees at one point in time, 35 vans. I was used to being like, I was Mike, the plumber. I was Mike, the construction guy. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, who's Mike. And I was fortunate. Karen, and I did a really good job, um, pat ourselves on the back. I mean, we weren't perfect, but again, because I came from a broken home and because Kara came from a very intact, great home, we did it. We were very intentional from the beginning to keep our family focused and keep it together. And we were able to take our kids all over. And I knew from the beginning that I needed to put people and systems and processes in place. Now, that doesn't mean we never got out of balance. I won't go into the weeds on that here. But there's obviously, I had problems and challenges, but we did a good job of not letting the business run our life. But even with all of that, the day that I sold that business, I, a big part of me died. And I think that's why it's so important to, to join communities like the Lifestyle Investor. So why don't we spend a few minutes talking? I mean, unless you got a comment on that, why don't we talk a little bit about the community and you know some of the value you've seen and what you enjoy about building it? Sure. Yeah, I, it's funny that you bring this up because literally three, 
four days ago, one of our mastermind members just had an exit, an eight-figure exit for his business, did very well. And he's experiencing the same thing that we're talking about, but he's older, he's wiser, he's got years of experience. And even hearing from him where he's like, yeah, it was really exciting that day and then that weekend, but he's already over it. And he's like, now I've got a new problem. I, and it sounds like it's, I mean, a lot of people would, would judge me and say, it's not, you know, like, oh, poor you, you made all this money, you got a problem. You got to figure out where to put it. He's like, but that's a real problem. I've got a lot of money. I've got to figure out where to put it. And it's stressful figuring that out. It's stressful to figure out how to cover the lifestyle I had with the dollars I have and not lose that. Cause I just lost, you know, my business is gone. I had this killer lifestyle with, you know, you know, I, I could basically buy whatever I want and live, you know, this really cool life, but that income's gone for him. Right. So that is an interesting way to think about it where most people would be like, Oh yeah, you know, whatever big problem. That is a big problem. I run into people all the time that this is their big problem and they're freaking out because they don't know how to get cash flow and they're spending down their money. Their lifestyle is expensive and they don't want to change it. They don't want to shrink it. They've made some poor investments. And then all of a sudden this big exit dwindles down into not a lot of net worth. And so that's the danger. So I love having a community where people can say, oh, I've been there. I've done that. Let me tell you. Uh, and, and I just want to say you brought this up and I, I, I want to reemphasize the importance of this. I took a year off in my transition and I didn't have a big exit like you. I've never had a big exit. You know, most of what I've done has been singles and doubles. But when I created my financial freedom and had the time, I bought my time back. I, I was able to stop trading time for money. I took a year off and I traveled with my family and I spent time figuring out what it was that I wanted to do. And that was such an incredible season in my life and gave me so much clarity. And I think anyone who's been working for, you know, even five years, for sure, 10 years, if you haven't taken a five week sabbatical of some sort, that's a must and regroup and figure out like, am I just going through the motions with work, with life, with business? What do I really want and, and get intentional and take some time to just, you know, chill out. And it's hard for, for people that build a business for a lot of, you know, kind of alpha personalities. It's hard. It actually takes a few weeks to just get out of the mindset of working. So it's like even the first two weeks is not even the vacation yet. It's like preparing yourself to let yourself down to get to the point that you can chill out. So most people at that point in time end it and they get right back into it. So they never really have the break. You know, if uh, when you were speaking to the couples mastermind and you told about your time off and your journey, and, and I think this is important that we all recognize their seasons too, because Kara, my kids have seen the world and they're now, Dylan will be 22 next month, Tim's 20 and Caitlin's 18. But I've never taken six weeks off. I've never taken a year off. And when you were telling that story, that triggered something in Kara and I, and I think backwards, the whole thing that triggered us selling, Kara said to me in 2012, she said, when our daughter graduates, which is our youngest, which would be 2022. So this was 10 years ago. Um, she said, I want to take a year off because we were married. You know, she was 20. I was 21. No, actually she was 19. I was 20. The kids started coming when I was 21. She was 20. And we went right into like, you know, parenting and then started a business at 24. And again, we took time off. We were always there for the kids. 
you know, any dance thing, any motorcycle thing they wanted. We, we spent time with our kids, but I never got five weeks. I never got a year off. And when she said that in 2012, it triggered something in me that we were kind of talking about earlier. I said, okay, great. That's great, honey, whatever. Then I started thinking, I actually asked her a little bit later. I'm like, are you serious about this? She was very serious. And I started looking at my life and my business. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to take a year off 12, uh, 10 years from now. So I started having these conversations with my business partner. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way that I'm, he's going to let me take a year off. Cause he's like a hands-on doer. And I started saying like, we should hire a GM. And then he's like, well, what are you going to do? And we're having these like, you know, conversations. And I realized like the only way this is going to work out is if I exit. And then all out of nowhere, this big company comes in $8 billion a year company and wants to buy half of our company that fell apart. But then we had this valuation, which set us up to be able to have him buy me out. And I think about all this and I think it's important. And then I'll throw it back to you. We have to understand that there's seasons too. And I've got myself, you know, my kids are now graduating and they're adults and Karen and I are entering a different season. And I want, I want to be able to take a year off. And that doesn't mean that I couldn't have in the past, but it never was really. And I just think it's crazy that we'll, we'll, we are full circle now to where Carol wanted to take a year off. And, you know, whether we do or whether we don't, I talked to her about this a while back. I'm like, do you actually want to take a year off? And she's like, I don't want to take a year off, but I want to just make sure that we can, you know, go somewhere for three months and work from wherever. So anyway, I wanted to throw that out for perspective because I was so, I don't want to say envious, but I had a little bit of envy around what you guys were able to do at an early age. And and so it's never right or wrong. It's never better or worse. It's just different, but you can plan it however you want. Yeah, I, you know, I totally agree with that. And it's again, life on your terms. Some people don't value that. And some people that would be too long. Uh, and in many aspects of it, I could make the argument, there was a season of just being the three of us as a family where it was too long in certain instances, right? But uh, one thing that we know we love are uh, taking our summers and doing our summers together for extended stay for two or three months. And that has just been revolutionary for our family. And uh, I'm excited for you in this new season, you know, for both you and Kara. And I, I'm I'm very hopeful that you'll embrace at least a summer trip or a two or three month trip somewhere because I think it will be magical for uh, you guys and kind of experiencing what you think it's going to be. Because the funny thing is you, you envision it to be this nice, glamorous thing and only aspects of it are like you, you still have real life in it. But there are so many discoveries. It's like, oh, wow, we're spending a lot more time together without anything to, you know, keep us busy or distract us. Um, interesting, you know. And so what happens is uh, there, there can be um, just new conversations, new discoveries, new things that come up because of this extended time. It's really cool. Uh, so I highly recommend it for, you know, everyone. And I, I'm at a minimum find a way to schedule a one month trip somewhere, somehow, I think it's a game changer. It's so good. And, you know, even the last few summers, Karen, and I have said, let's take the summers off. And, and our daughter was just like, no, you know, friends and this and that. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. So what are you most excited about? And then tell us a little bit about, you know, the book, the the mastermind, the community, and then I'll, I'll cut you loose because I, I know you've got commitments. Well, I, you know, I just love being here. I love spending time with you. I love what you're doing. Uh, for me, my, my passion and my, my love from a business standpoint is 
in this whole idea of educating people. So I have so much fun with my podcast and I have so much fun with my mastermind. Those are kind of, you know, my two babies, the things that I'm pouring the vast majority of my energy and attention into. And it is just so fun and so fruitful. And by the way, I'm learning a ton, uh, you know, with the guests that I bring on, as you recognize, like you learn every time you do a podcast and I'm, I'm a learner at heart. I'm super curious. I always want to understand more and from people's perspectives. And so it's, it's fascinating. And then from a mastermind standpoint, we're just bringing in so many cool people doing so many great events, um, having the opportunities to extend it out into, you know, other experiences, you know, we're, we're uh, running a private island. Um, you can check it out, aerialbvi.com. Uh, so we're renting that out with our tribe. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I just spent a week with Richard Branson on Necker Island, which was incredible and picking his brain. And that guy inspires me. I leave and I'm just at a whole nother level of inspiration and all these extra things that I want to do with and for the mastermind. But, you know, really, it's just a, a cool community of, of like-minded individuals that have experienced uh, success to a certain degree and they want more of it. And, and success could also be, you know, in, in words, like when I think about wealth, I don't just think about money. Money's a component of it. Mm-hmm. But I think having cash flow is way more important than having net worth. And if you have enough cash flow, your net worth is going to grow anyway. It's a natural byproduct of it. And so finding people that can coach and mentor that have, you know, had these different experiences, but we've got a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of um, executives and um, doctors, attorneys, corporate salespeople. I mean, it's, it's really fun seeing the dynamics work. Um, but we've been closed for a while. I mean, I, we had a group of a hundred and I closed the doors and we just recently reopened it, uh, because the founding members said that they didn't ever want to limit a great fit for the group, which is cool, but I'm pretty selective. So most people won't get in that. It's, it's probably not a right fit, but we have other programs and products. I've got an online course. I got a couple of master classes, a passive income master class and a mobile home park investing master class. Um, I've got a blog. I've got a bunch of free stuff. So it's it's all across the board. And um, all that you can find at justindonald.com. Anything that you're interested in that's that's you know like the mastermind um, is by application. And for anyone that wants a copy of the book, um, for your network, you can go to lifestyleinvestorbook.com and I'll send you a copy. You just pay for shipping. So uh, happy to do that. And by the way, all the proceeds, I think I mentioned this before, but I want to mention it again because I really want to highlight uh, this organization, Love Justice. But all the proceeds of my books, no matter how you get them, go to this organization that stops human trafficking now in 24 countries. So last time I was on your show, I think it was 19 countries. They've expanded to 24 countries and they're always growing. And they are rescuing children and women uh, all across the globe here in the United States. People don't even realize it's that, that sex trafficking and and yeah, I, I mean, it's it's rampant in the U.S. It's it's not just third world countries, but it's also clearly third world countries. So uh, I'm very passionate about bringing attention to them and, and helping find people that can um, have an impact there, too. Wow, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. Can't recommend the book enough. The podcast is amazing. Everything I've ever learned or heard from you is awesome. So um, just thanks for coming on the show, man. It's uh, I'm, I'm always glad to have someone back. And um, you're, I wasn't joking when I said like, 
when I look at someone who's done great things, yeah, I put you in the top five right now of, of just your, your whole way of doing everything. Um, love it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate those kind words. It means a lot. And I'm so excited to be in the same city. Uh, I'm excited also to take more advantage of it here in 2022 and beyond. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.